Today we're going to be in Mark chapter 6. More than enough when I'm overwhelmed. Again, for those who are visiting with us, we've been making our way through the Gospel of Mark. More than enough when I'm overwhelmed. I don't think anybody in here has been overwhelmed this year or last. I say that tongue-in-cheek, just in case you didn't catch that. This morning, we're going to be skipping through Mark chapter 6 because I want us to understand um, how this builds to this crisis and this overwhelming experience that the disciples had. Cell 58. It's the title of a book I read recently. It's an extreme story for most. And I know that there are less extreme circumstances that many of us have gone through in the last few years that would have been just as overwhelming and hard. The guy in the book, his name is Dan. He served as a Christian worker in Turkmenistan, a country just north of Iran. And the story takes place in the 1990s. He and another Christian worker he had met there in uh, Turkmenistan decided to go into Iran and reach out to one of the people groups there in Iran. And so they got their visas and they prepared and they went and um, the trip went really well. And they were able to connect to this people group. They were so excited. They were ecstatic but they were only allowed to be in the country, I don't know if it was, I think it was nine days, and so it was time to leave. And so they were heading to the border, they get all the way to the border, and things started to go wrong. Their passports were confiscated. And what is very scary about that is you're not allowed to move around in that country at all without a passport. And yet that country confiscated their passport and said you have to go back into the country a few hours away to get your passports back. And so as they made their way back to this place where they were supposed to get their passports back, they were scared because any officer, any military personnel could stop them, see they not have a passport, and then imprison them. In fact, that did happen once. But one guy who had been helping them and guiding them through the country, he had a big argument with the soldier, and the soldier said, okay, go away. Don't let me see you again without your passports. But they went to this place where they were supposed to get the passports back, and what was supposed to be just a routine manner, um, maybe less than an hour, ended up being hours and hours. And one of the embassy Uh, workers came and spoke on their behalf, and it went even longer, hours and hours and hours. And then at the end of the day, when Dan was taken in to be questioned again, then started the beatings. And he was bound and gagged and taken to a temporary prison, interrogated some more and beat some more, and then eventually... He was sent to a prison called Elven Prison 
and it was an unthinkable situation for him. He had very, very low moments. He even had a point to where he started to try to commit suicide. It was an awful experience for him. I'm not going to give you all the details. It's a short book. It's under 200 pages. If you want to order it, it's called Cell 58. I can show it to you. But I want to key in this morning. When we have situations, whether it's extreme situations like this, or whether it's a less extreme situation, but it's still something that is excruciating for us, it's hard What are we going to do about that? As we follow Christ, there will be times when these situations happen to us through no fault of our own. Some of these situations would be more difficult for us than they would be for someone else. The way we are in our spiritual state or our backgrounds cause some situations to be harder than other situations for other people. And sometimes we look at other people's situations that they're struggling with and we're thinking, well, what's their problem? (laughs) You never do that. Look at someone else and say, well, what's their problem? They should be doing better than that. It's amazing how easy we can form an automatic conclusion about someone else. Sometimes we're in a situation that's hard for us and we are struggling and we criticize ourselves and we have an inner critic that is giving us a hard time to say, hey, you should be better than that. You should not be struggling with this. And so our goal today is two-part. We want to spend some time thinking about our outlook in these overwhelming situations. And then how we can transition to trust in God and how he can use us during these overwhelming situations. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would take these truths in the scripture this morning, you make them real. For the person that's struggling and discouraged this morning, I pray that they would see the beauty of these truths and be encouraged. And perhaps there's folks here who are doing okay, but they know someone they care about who's really struggling. I pray that you would give them wisdom and they could learn how they could minister to that person. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm talking primarily to Christians, those who have placed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, trusted Him to be their perfect righteousness, knowing that they're a sinner and without Jesus they have nothing, that they can't earn their way, they can't earn their way to heaven. It's only because of what Jesus did for them on the cross and that they believed in Jesus and asked Him to save them that they are able to have eternal life. That's the first step to handling overwhelming situations. But... For those of us who are followers of Christ, we have received this free gift of salvation. There are moments that are excruciating for us. And in our following of Jesus, Jesus asks us to serve in the missions that he appoints. Jesus asks us to serve in the missions that he appoints. This is a big topic, but this is really a big part of 
our scripture passage today. I'm going to start reading on Mark chapter 6 and verse 7. And Jesus called the twelve, and he began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. So Jesus is giving them specific instructions next. We're going to skip over those, and we're going to go down to verse 12. So now that he's given them their instructions, they're going out and doing what he asked. So they went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. This is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet, like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. And then Mark inserts something. He goes back and tells us how John the Baptist died. And so we're going to skip over that. And then we're going to go to the end of it, to verse 27. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. So let me give you just a recap of what happened here. Jesus gives a mission to his apostles. He, and he sends them out. They go out. And while all this is happening, Mark tells us of all these people hearing about Jesus and what Jesus and his disciples are doing. And they're discussing, well, who is this, this Jesus? Is he John the Baptist? Is he Elijah? And all this discussion and, and then it tells us about Herod as he's hearing about um, Jesus and he thinks well it must be John the Baptist has come back from the dead and Herod's the one that had John the Baptist killed and we skipped over the story of how that went down you can read it later if you'd like and so John the Baptist is killed and then his disciples John the Baptist's disciples heard of it and they went and they got John's body and they buried him and then it comes back to the beginning of this passage we read on. It talks about these apostles that were sent up by Jesus on a mission. They returned and they told Jesus what had happened and what they'd done and what they'd taught. So presumably John the Baptist had been murdered while they were out on the mission that Jesus had given them. And so they come back and they tell Jesus about all that had happened, but what is inferred here is that what was on everybody's mind was the fact that John the Baptist had been murdered. That would have been unsettling to these men. So while they were out in their mission, John the Baptist was murdered, come back, spend time with Jesus, and an unspoken thing that was on their hearts was the fact that John the Baptist had been recently murdered. So I want to bring this and apply it to us because as we read this story, 
I think it feels kind of disconnected to our own personal experience. But in fact, I think it's very practical. The core of what is happening here is that Jesus gave a mission to these men and they went out and they did it. And during that time, there were some good things and there was a hard thing that happened. But the, a principle applies to you. Jesus gives a mission to all of us. I don't want you to make a disconnect between you and a missionary or you and a minister or you or someone who's in the ministry. We are all who are truly born again. We are all followers of Jesus and we all serve Jesus and we all, through serving one another, also serve Jesus. So I wanted to just look at some verses to drive that home. Ephesians chapter 4 is a classic passage, verse 11. And Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers. What did Jesus give them to do? To equip the saints. That's all these non-vocational people, all those people who are not in the ministry for their job, for the work of the ministry. So the pastors and teachers or shepherds and teachers, are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. One of my primary jobs here as a pastor is not to hog all the work, hog all the ministry, but is to enable you, to equip you to serve in your ministry that God has given you. Romans chapter, four verse, chapter 12, verse 4, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do all not have the same function. So we, through many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. You have a mission and a ministry that God has given you. You need to use it and do it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now there are great varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all and every one to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so you are given a mission. And I want you to consider this. This is what's tracking here for these disciples in our scripture passage. They were given a mission and they were implementing that mission. And when we talk about serving Jesus and the mission that he has given to us, yes, it applies in the walls of this church, but it also applies everywhere you go. Christian people, I consider we gather together here in fulfilling our mission. We scatter out there in fulfilling our mission for Christ. And we partner with others to help them in the mission that God has given all of us. You have a mission as a mom, for those of you ladies who have children. You have a mission as a dad. You have a mission as an employee and how you live it out for Christ. You have a mission as a citizen of this country, as a part of this town, as a part of this region. God has assigned you a context, a place to be, a place to live. He's given you roles. And in those roles, you are to live it out for the sake of Jesus. 
So Jesus asks us to serve in the missions he appoints. Jesus sometimes asks us to give big when we have little. It's an interesting concept here that I hope we can grab onto this morning. In the mission that Jesus has given us, there will be times when circumstances require more of us than we are able to give or we have to give in our possessions. Mark chapter 6, verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. I love it when the scriptures talk about this. There are times in the mission that Jesus has given us that we need to seek rest. The apostles here had traveled. They'd had an intense time of serving and giving to others. And Jesus says, hey, it's time to rest. Another factor is they might have had extra emotional stress, physical strain, because of what had happened to John the Baptist. Don't underestimate emotional and physical stress and strain that happened when hard things happen to us that we hear of hard things happening. So in this case, in verses 27 through 29, this is just right after John the Baptist was beheaded. This is a concept that I did not begin to learn until a few years ago. I, you might think I'm crazy now, but I was crazier as a younger man. And I hardly ever stopped and gave times for rest. And yet that is a consistent principle. Even our creator God rested on the seventh day. So again, let's look. In Mark chapter 6 and verse 30, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place, excuse me, verse 32, and they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going, so you could just imagine this boat leaving the shore, and many saw them leaving the shore. They must have seen the way the boat was pointed and made a guess, because here's what happens. And many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And so as this boat is drifting away from the shore, they're probably relaxing because there was this huge crowd. It's time to get away to a place without any people. I was in Mr. Walker yesterday, and I was like, man, I like Bremen. Mr. Walker is just crazy compared to Bremen. I was so glad to come back to Bremen. So they're, they're heading away from all the busyness and all the hubbub to a place that's quieter. It's called a desolate place. We don't know where that was. People see them leaving, recognize who they are and that they're leaving. And so you can imagine as the boat is drifting along, probably a little ways away from the shore. I don't even know if they probably could even quite see the shore. And there's these little towns along the shore. And I don't know how much distance there was between the towns. I don't know, a mile or two, whatever. But as, as they were drifting along, heading to this desolate place to be alone, there's people moving from town to town. You can imagine the crowd getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so by the time the boat arrived to this desolate place, they had guessed where they were going, and there they arrived to get ashore, and there is a crowd of people waiting for them. That can be a little Frustrating. So when they got 
when they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He began to teach them many things. I can imagine this is the way sometimes Katrina and I feel at the end of the day. We are ready for the kids to go to their rooms. And we have a certain routine. There's a certain time where they're supposed to be in their rooms. Some of them have to have their lights out right away. Others can have their lights on for another hour, hour and a half. And there is this urgency. We need to get away from the kids. And so they follow their routine. They go to their rooms. And then sometimes a kid or two will pop out anyways. And sometimes they say, go to bed. Go to your room. And other times we have compassion on them. We sense a need. And so we thought, well, we're going to give this one a little extra love. And we do that. And I feel this is a heart of Jesus here. They were trying to get away. It was time to get away from the crowds. But the crowds came to them anyways. Jesus sees them and his heart of compassion comes out. And there is a building tension here because they're supposed to be having a break and they get no break. Jesus has compassion and he and his apostles and all the other company that were traveling with them in this boat serve this crowd some more even after serving them previously. So, Mark chapter 6, and now verse 35. Ignore the heading there. I try to avoid my mistakes, but I still made a mistake there. Verse 35. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So in our mission to in following Christ, sometimes there's extra strain, extra frustration, and then it comes time, and we really do need to get some rest. And so we come to this humanly impossible situation. And what are we going to do? There's, there's too much, uh, too many people here. We're in a desolate place. We can't feed all these people. What are we going to do? And so... One of the disciples makes a reasonable suggestion. Jesus, here we are, all these people here. There's not McDonald's. There's, there's not Burger King. There's not Subway. There, there's just there's a, thousands and thousands of people. And it's the end of the day. It's getting late. We, we don't want to have anybody passing out. So we need to send them away to these villages that they just came from to get something to eat. Remember, as you've heard me talk about when we used to travel across the country, there were times when eating was scarce. And really, it seemed like all there was was Pizza Hut, Subway, and McDonald's. And then there were long stretches when there were nothing. You get into western Nebraska, and, oh, okay, I'm going to be getting to Wyoming, get to Wyoming, and I'm going to get ready to get to Cheyenne. You get to Cheyenne, and there really isn't much in Cheyenne either. And Cheyenne's a big town around for a little while. But you get stuck with what you can eat. So a huge amount of people, nothing around to eat. Reasonable solution, send them away. So what did Jesus say to that? He says, he answered them, but you... 
The emphasis there in the original language is on you. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? That's a ton of money. And should we go buy this and give it to them to eat? So here we have this humanly impossible situation. And this is a building tension here. Let me remind you that they were already tired and they'd already tried to get away. And then they come here to the shore. and There's a bunch of people. So they gave even more. They served a lot of people. Now it's the end of the day. I often crash at the end of the day. So does Katrina. That's why it's time. It's best in the best, best interest of the kids that they go to their bedrooms because we're tired, we're crashing. You might get in trouble. We might be a little cranky with you if you keep on bothering us. And then it's at this point when they're tired, they're worn out, they've given extra. And there's this position of, and Jesus is asking them to give more. Jesus turns to them and says, you give them something to eat. They don't have anything to eat, especially not for all these people. So there's a position in our Christian life where we're spent, we've given so much, and it feels like Jesus is asking us to give something we don't have. That's the position that these men were in. And don't forget about the emotional stress that was also on their hearts after having somebody who was important to their cause be murdered. That adds a whole other level. And this is a place we find ourselves in our Christian experience sometimes. And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. It's in this moment I feel like obedience when it doesn't make sense. It must have felt foolish. I suppose that maybe they suspected that Jesus was going to do something special. I don't know. Because when I'm tired and I'm grumpy, even though I know I have an amazing Savior... I'm not thinking very spiritually. And so here they're supposed to check and make provision for something they know they don't have. So you're teeing up here in your Christian life for a situation where you're spent, you've had enough, and Jesus is asking you to give more than what you have. And now you're supposed to prepare yourself to serve when you're about ready to bite someone's head off, when you're about ready to cry. You've had enough, you can't take it anymore. What will God do in these times? Jesus asks us to serve in the missions he appoints. Jesus sometimes asks us to give big when we have little. And then Jesus takes our little and makes it big. Mark chapter 6 verse 38. And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people.
And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. God takes our little, he makes it big. My concern with this story, the feeding of the 5,000, is that we don't apply it to ourselves personally. But I remember several, several years ago now, as I was meditating on this passage in my devotions, this is when this originally became a sermon, is because the principle here is, in my life, I feel inadequate. I feel like I don't have enough. I feel like what I'm doing is not enough, and I can't even hardly do what I'm doing And yet God takes my little and he makes it big. Huge principle for our Christian lives. The way we want to live our lives is we try to do something artificial to take our little and make it big. We try to make it way better on our own than what we really can do. And we lose out on what God can do through us and we trust him for the results and just give what we have. God will make it more than enough. I do want to emphasize that there will need to be times of recovery when we've gone through overwhelming circumstances. Just because God takes our little and overwhelming situations and makes it more than enough doesn't mean there aren't times of struggle and healing that are needed because of what we went through. In the extreme situations of Dan in Psalm 58, he had to go through special counseling and times of help and healing because of what he went through. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because overwhelming circumstances can be the entry door to psychological trauma. And so it's not wrong to feel overwhelmed. And there are some standard ways that God has create us to respond when we're overwhelmed. For the Christian, we absolutely need to find help and hope in God. And there will be ups and downs through that. But we need to recognize that sometimes as we go through excruciating crucible experiences and God does take our little and he uses it and makes it more than enough, that we still need to make sure that we set aside times for recovery in God's presence, and sometimes through those who have wisdom and matters of helping us heal. So, Jesus asks us to serve in the missions he appoints. Jesus sometimes asks us to give big when we have little. And Jesus takes our little and makes it big. Just a few points of application for us this morning. I want to remind you that you need to think of your life in the context of the mission that Jesus has given you. What are the roles that God has given you? This isn't haphazard. Jesus doesn't just throw out a bunch of stuff and then it just happens to fall on you. Jesus has very clearly given you and purposefully given you the roles and the mission that he has assigned to you in the context that he's assigned to you. Some people are called to Bremen. Some people are called somewhere else. Some people are called to a certain type of career. Some people are called to another type of career. Some people have one type of family. Some people have another type of family. 
consider that where you are and where God has put you, that he has called you to it and he's assigned you to it. And recognize that as you serve God, there will be times of overwhelm. It's okay to recognize them for what they are. You can say, boy, I am overwhelmed. I'm done. I can't take this. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. And then you're ready with God's help to move to the point of trusting God to use your little. Some people, are they're going to skip over things and they're going to miss what God has for them. First of all, recognizing where God has you and what he has given you to do. And then recognize that sometimes, even though you're obeying God, you will be in overwhelming times. Overwhelming times and hard times are not always and many times are not because of disobedience. Because in God's wisdom, he has something for you. And recognize, yeah, you are inadequate, but God is more than enough and he can use you. Take a few minutes and respond to the Lord. Be honest with the Lord. Be honest with yourself. Maybe one of the things you just need to do is learn how to be honest with your brothers and sisters in Christ when you're struggling. Maybe you haven't learned how to do that. It's okay to come to church and say, hey, I'm struggling. It's okay to text somebody or give them a call and say, hey, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? And through that gateway of recognizing you're struggling, you're in a position to go to God and he can use you. And he can use you in ways that are way beyond what you thought were possible.